All right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of what might be called the Chris Harslin podcast, but I'm uh, I'm going to talk about that in here in a second. I'm still workshopping what I actually want this thing to be called. So excited for you all to be back. Excited to be putting out another Monday episode. And yeah, let's just jump right into it. So this is episode number six. And on the agenda today is first, I want to go over what I'm going to start naming this podcast moving forward or what I'm going to try and name this podcast moving forward. Two, I got a quick book review for you all. Uh, the book is called The Power of Habits, and it was a, a pretty good read, actually. And then last but not least is I will be doing a mailbag, and this mailbag is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to call this one the Chat GPT mailbag because I'm recording this actually on Monday. It's 6 p.m. on a Monday, and I'm recording this just so I can get it out in time for you all. So I'm I'm doing this one as Chat GPT mailbag. We're going to try something different. I'm just going to literally type in. You'll we'll do it here on the show. I'm going to type in a Chat GPT, ask me some questions, and then uh, I'll just answer them. Thank you, Chat GPT. Uh, maybe I'll have ChatGPT on the podcast one of these days, and I'll interview ChatGPT. That'd be kind of hilarious. But without further ado, let's jump into it. And remember, 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 I would really appreciate it if you all would just subscribe to the podcast, either on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever. I got it up on Apple, I think, now. So check it out there. So subscribe, rate, review really means a lot. And then also don't forget to send me some mailbag questions so that I can answer them here on the show. And I know, so now jumping in, I know that a lot of you might be here, as in a lot of you, like, oh, all 10 of you that listen to this show uh, <laughs> might, might be here because I was talking about Biggie Dice Man coming on the show. He's a rapper uh, and a good friend of mine, and he is going to be on the show. I've actually already recorded the episode. I just haven't gotten it exactly where I want it to, to where I can put it out yet. So it's coming. I don't know if it's going to be coming this week or next uh, or exactly when, but it will be here soon. I also already did a podcast episode that I recorded with the financial wolf so check out uh that one coming soon as well that one will probably be here in like a month or two maybe less maybe more i'm not sure yet but if you're here for those don't worry they will be here soon enough i do apologize that it is not the biggie one i think on the last one i teased that there was going to be this episode it's not yet so that'll be the last time that i tease a interview or really any subject coming on the next one unless i know for a fact like it's already pre-recorded and ready to rock so it will be coming don't worry so without further ado, first thing I want to talk about is the name of my podcast. So you might be able to tell if you're on YouTube or if you're on Spotify. I reached out to Apple. Apple's driving me insane. I don't really know what's going on there. But the name right now of the show is Chris's Secret Podcast. I'm not sold on that name. I wasn't sold on the Chris Arslan Podcast. I literally just made it the Chris Arslan Podcast because I, I, I was stalling on making this show until I came up with a name for it. So I decided, F it. I'm not going to let myself come up with excuses on why not to record an episode and put it out over something so dumb as the name. So I just made it the Chris Arslan podcast. I don't like the name at all, but it's what I came up with at the time. I've now changed it to Chris's secret podcast. I also kind of hate it, but I wanted to make it something different. So I was sitting there just staring at the screen, trying to figure out what the new name would be. And after like five minutes of coming up with what I thought were terrible names, I just decided, you know, F it. I'm just going to make it the worst name I could think of, Chris's Secret Show, and that's what it's going to be until I come up with a better name. So if you have idea recommendations, please send them to me. I am trying to figure out what I want the name of the show to be because I don't really want it to be 
pigeonholed into being just a talking about finances or talking about, you know, like real estate. I, I like talking about those things and I do want to talk about those things a lot. And that will be a subject that's on the show a lot. However, I don't want to just like kind of pigeon my soul, my help, pigeon, pigeon hole myself into just talking about those things because you know, the last episode we were talking about was snowboarding i plan on talking about pickleball i plan on talking about jujitsu i plan on talking about a whole lot of things that aren't specifically real estate and finance so let me know what you think let me know what my name should be maybe i should just make it a finance name of the show and then talk about anything i don't know but anyways let me know what you think and further ado let's move on to my book review the book was called The Power of Habits. And let me actually look up what the name of the author was because I need to give them their shine because it was a very good book and I would definitely recommend it. All right, here we go. All right, so The Power of Habits was by Charles Duhigg. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that last name right. And it was, I thought, a really good book for anybody that is trying to either get more disciplined in their habits or for somebody that is trying to break a bad habit, all right? And so this book, I think, does a really good job of explaining how habits are formed, how you can overcome habits, or how you can make good new habits, and it also gives a lot of really good case studies. Now, I will say, some of the case studies are super interesting. I'll talk about a few here in a second. Other case studies are like really depressing. They were going into a case study about a guy that had Alzheimer's or dementia and he couldn't remember anything that was going on in his life, but yet he could still wake up every morning. He could wake up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom. He could wake up, make eggs for himself, brush his teeth. He remembered how to do certain things, but then if you asked him, hey, what's your wife's name? Or, hey, can you point to the direction of the kitchen? Wouldn't be able to do it. So, it's in basically the case study was going into how you create habits and you don't even realize that you're creating them. However, it was given the case study explaining how this guy with dementia lives his life and then how he died. And it was like, this is really depressing. So, so there were some like depressing ones. Also like people like struggling with like drug abuse and alcohol abuse and how they're overcoming it. And so it was some parts of the book did get kind of heavy, but all in all, it was a really good book, really good case studies. And one that I would definitely recommend to people that are trying to make good habits or break bad habits. Now, first key takeaway from the book is that all habits are just three simple things. The first thing is a cue. So let's say my bad habit that I'm trying to overcome is that I eat too much you know, junk food or snacks, which I actually do <laughs> eat too much junk food sometimes and too many snacks. So in order for me to get over this habit, I got to first realize that all a habit is, is, is three things. It is a cue. So I'm sitting here doing nothing, bored at night, watching, you know, Monday night football game. And all of a sudden I'm getting a little hungry. All right. That's my cue is I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm kind of hungry. I kind of want a snack. All right. That's the cue. Then there's the routine. So my routine, I walk to the kitchen, I get Reese's out of the cabinet, I come back to the sofa, and I'm eating my Reese's on the sofa. That's my routine, is walking to the kitchen, grabbing a snack, sitting on the sofa, and eating it. All right, and then my reward is I finish eating, and I have a moment of satisfaction, like, ah, I, I, I just ate food, I feel so satisfied. Now, with snacking, pretty shortly after you're done snacking, it goes from a feeling of, ah, I just snacked, that was so fun, to 
oh, I feel disgusting. I feel bloated. Same with, you know, if, if you drink too much, well, you're going to go, you're going to drink, and then you get done drinking, you're going to be hungover. And you're like, man, why did I do that? Or you're going to make some dumb decisions. And you're like, man, why did I do that? Or if you're smoking cigarettes, you're going to have that cue of, oh, I need a nicotine hit. You're going to go smoke the cigarette, and then you're going to have the reward of having your nicotine buzz. I don't know. I've never smoked cigarettes before. But you're going to have that that sensation of, oh, I, I did it. And then you're going to smell like cigarettes, and you're going to be cutting your life expectancy. And so there, you got to understand that all a habit is, or all a, yeah, all a habit is, whether good or bad, is just those three things. A cue, a cue, a routine, and a reward. All right? And so the book explains how if you can first realize when you're having that cue, all right, so if I'm always getting up and grabbing snacks while I'm watching football, okay, well, I need to realize when I'm watching football that, all right, there's going to be a cue that happens at some point here because I'm just going to be bored doing nothing, then I'm going to want to munch on food and just hang out and eat food, all right? So I need to first recognize and realize when that cue happens. Then I'm going to have to identify what that routine is, which is me walking and getting food, and I'm going to have to change that routine. So every day, so say I'm sitting on the sofa watching football, I want to eat a snack. Well, okay, instead of making my routine, walking to the fridge and eating a snack, I'm going to change my routine to be, okay, maybe I just want to taste something sweet. So I'm going to drink whatever, Mio water, all right? And and just just so I can have something sweet in my mouth and, and it kind of satisfy that sweet tooth. Try that. If I get the reward of, ah, I'm, I feel satisfied. I just, I just, I just, I just, you know, successfully got some food in me or just successfully got some sugar in me. Then cool. That's my new routine. Well, let's say I get done and I'm like, no, I still feel, I still feel bored. I still feel like crap. I, I still want Reese's. All right. Well, then the next day we have the cue again, we're watching football. I have the cue of, oh, I want a snack. All right. Well, instead of snacking, let's just go for a walk. Maybe I'm bored and I just need to get out of the house, go see a new, you know, new pace or new change of scenery. And that will be my new routine. All right. And then I come back and I'm feeling re-energized. I don't need, I don't need uh, Reese's great. I just figured out my routine and I got the same reward as if I would have eaten junk food. All right. Maybe that one doesn't work. All right. Well, maybe I'm just craving, I'm just bored. I want to talk to somebody. All right. Well, instead of snacking on Reese's, I go talking to go, go to the other room and talk to Christina, talk to my fiance, or maybe I'll call my parents and, and, and talk to my dad for a little bit. Maybe I'm just bored. I'm just bored. I'm just eating because I'm bored. All right. And then see if that satisfies that reward. All right. So that's all it is. Habits. If nothing else from this podcast, if you just take that, that all a habit is, is a cue, then a routine and then a reward. I just saved you the time of reading that book. I still think it's a great book. A lot of cool case studies, but if you can do that, and I challenge you to think of a bad habit or a good habit, it happens in, the, in reverse. All right. Maybe you're trying to come up with a new good habit. All right. So let's say I'm trying to work out more. Well, my cue will be, well, I'll need to basically generate a new cue and a routine to receive the reward of being in shape, having six pack abs or being lighter on the scale. All right. So my cue would have to be, I wake up in the morning and maybe I'm just feeling sluggish. So then I'll go for a run immediately. And then I'll have the reward of, you know, looking better or feeling lighter or just feeling more energized. Well, let's say that doesn't get me excited. All right, well, then maybe I'll change my workout routine to instead of being a run, maybe I'll go do uh, lift weights or maybe I'll go do jujitsu or maybe I'll go play pickleball. But I need to figure out a good routine that will get me the reward of losing weight. And then once I have that, I can then set up different cues to remind me to go work out. A lot of people talk about with, with running specifically like runner highs. All right. So like back when I was running in high school, if I, after a great long run, I would quite literally have like this weird sensation of just 
so much fun and like excitement. It's really hard to explain. And it was quite literally a runner's high because I would ran so hard and so fast and for so long that I quite literally had like there was some type of something in my brain that was like just making me feel great. And so if you keep working out enough, you're going to get that feeling and you're actually going to start to crave that feeling and you're going to want to want to get that feeling again. And so if you can get yourself quite literally like people are addicted to smoking or drinking or eating junk food, if you can get yourself addicted to that high, that runner's high, or maybe that addicted, like I, I've been going to jujitsu recently and it is like addicting to go out there and put yourself in like a life or death situation fighting somebody else. And I get like addicted to like just trying to, quite frankly, inflict pain on another human. And so if you can get addicted to that, like I want to go out there and just you know, testosterone beat up this other person. If you can start getting addicted to that, you're going to wake up and you're going to be craving it. And then you go do the routine and then voila, you're going to be lighter on the scale. You're going to have whatever six pack abs you wanted. And so that's first is a big takeaway. The biggest takeaway from the book is cue, routine, reward. All right. Now, another thing, second takeaway is those three things are great. Those things, those three things though, are not enough. All right. If, if you have cue routine reward, but let's say you're trying to get over smoking cigarettes. All right. And everyone you hang out with smokes cigarettes. So you're going to, your, your, your wife smokes cigarettes. You go home, your parents are smoking cigarettes. You go out to the, the bar to hang out with some friends. They're all smoking cigarettes. Well, guess what? You're probably going to start smoking cigarettes again. So the next thing is it is super important to be surrounded by a group of people that are going to help you get into the same mental, mental headspace as them. So if you're trying to quit smoking cigarettes, maybe you just can't hang out with those people when they're going to be smoking cigarettes or ask them, Hey y'all, like I'm trying to cut that out. Do you mind not doing it around me? Or if you're trying to get in shape, you're trying to get ripped. Well, surround yourself with people that are all in shape, that are all working out. Go join a gym, go join a, a, a dojo to do jujitsu go find a group of people that are playing pickleball. Like I've been playing pickleball a lot recently. And so I found different groups that play, you know, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. Well, I'm just going to start playing with them because it's just going to get me out of the house. going to let me go have fun, make new friends and surround myself with people that are doing the same activity as me. So that's the next thing is it's really going to be important for you to be around a community of people that are going to help you either start the habit that you want to create or kick the bad habit that you want to get over. So those are kind of my big takeaways from the book. Now, as far as some takeaways, but more so specifically case studies that I thought were super interesting. So first one is toothpaste. All right. So the guy can't remember his name. There's some way back in the day, some, you know, marketing guru guy that was put in charge of trying to make toothpaste a household habit or activity. And so he started doing a bunch of research, looking into why people should brush their teeth, the importance of it. And he found out that there's film on people's teeth. And so when they brush, it'll get rid of this kind of like film coat on their teeth. And it'll be not, it's not even that much healthier for you to get rid of that film. It's just a added benefit of brushing. And so he started selling people on, you need to brush your teeth. If you brush your teeth, it'll get rid of the, the film on your teeth. Got to do it. You got to do it. Got to do it. And so people started brushing their teeth. However, what happened is when they brushed their teeth, 
the the toothpaste would all foam up and then when they'd spit it out they would have this tingling sensation in their gums and on their tongue and people then became back again to the cue routine reward people started getting addicted to that feeling of the foam in their mouth and then the gums tingling and so they then built their own cue which is hmm there's a film on my teeth. I, I think I need to brush. Routine, brushing their teeth, and then the reward of the tingling sensation on their mouth. Well, come to find out that the tingling sensation on their mouth and the, the toothpaste foaming was just random ingredients that were not even that didn't even need to be in the toothpaste that were like quite literally chemicals put in the toothpaste from way back, way back in the day when the guy was just marketing toothpaste. And the 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 chemicals in the, in the toothpaste did quite literally nothing beneficial for your teeth. The the tingling sensation you get when you spit out the toothpaste does nothing for your teeth. The foam when you're brushing your teeth and it's all foamy and sudsy does nothing for your teeth. All right. And once the different toothpaste manufacturers realized that people weren't addicted to or or really loved brushing their teeth, they were just getting addicted to the feeling of Oh, like my mouth feels so clean, even though it's it's there's nothing that that tingling sensation means as far as having a clean mouth. Once they realized that every toothpaste manufacturer started putting in extra ingredients to make the toothpaste foam more and burn your mouth more so that you would get addicted to it. So it's just kind of an interesting way to showcase the power of that reward and how you will become addicted to a routine without even realizing it. Another super interesting case study from the book is an experiment they did. I think it was with college students. And so they put cookies on one plate, hot, fresh baked cookies. And on the other plate, they put radishes. So they brought in two groups of students and they had the first group, they would go in one by one and they'd say, okay, hey, sit here real quick. And while I'm gone, I'm going to be gone for just a few minutes. While I'm gone, do not touch the cookies but you have to eat all the radishes on the plate, all right? And then when I come back, I have another task for you. And then, so that was one group. They were just eating radishes. They're all annoyed, like, this is disgusting. Looking at the cookies, they're like drooling over the cookies, like, oh my God, I just wanna eat a cookie right now. And then the other people in the case study, they said the quite opposite. They said, hey, don't touch the radishes, don't look at the radishes, you're not allowed to eat a radish, but you have to finish this plate of cookies. You know, there'd be like three cookies on the plate. And so those students would just, scarf down the cookies sitting there happy as can be and then the the people that were conducting the case study came back into the room and so for both groups they had a puzzle that was impossible to solve and they put the puzzle down in front of the students and they would say all right i need you to solve this puzzle do not leave the room until you solve this puzzle and then they would leave and then they would leave for 30 minutes and after 30 minutes they would come back in and they also said hey if you give up you can you can come and tell us that you quit all right, but you're a quitter. If you quit, you're a quitter. So don't be a quitter. So work on it as hard as you can. And they found out that the people that got to eat the cookies, almost all of them did not give up on the on the puzzle, even though it was impossible. So they would all sit there for 30 minutes until the prompter would come in and be like, hey, the puzzle's impossible. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Are there anything that you would change to the case or whatever? Whereas the people with the radish that were forced to eat the radishes and were just looking at the cookies the whole time but didn't get to eat them were ticked off. They would last like five, ten minutes, and then they'd give up on the puzzle and be all annoyed and be like, I give up. This is stupid. Why would you make me do such a stupid you know, experiment? And then when they found out the puzzle, puzzle was impossible, they'd get even more mad. And so 
this goes to show you the the importance and the power of positive reinforcement or being surrounded by people that are all doing the same thing as you. So if, if you're surrounding yourself back to the working out example, or, or better yet, back to the trying to quit drinking or smoking or, or eating junk food. If you're hanging out with people that are just indulging themselves in junk food all the time, you're going over to your parents' house and they're like, hey, Chris, eat, eat cookies. Here, eat brownies. Eat this, eat that. Well, guess what? It's going to make it so much harder when I then go to work and somebody's kind of being pushy with me, testy, I'm just going to snap on them because I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I've already been dealing with trying to not eat junk food and now you're coming at my throat. Like, screw off. Whereas on the flip side, if you're at home or you're hanging out with your friends and you guys are just working out, doing your thing, and it doesn't feel like work, it's not hard, then it'll be that much easier when you're in another scenario where your will's being tested for you to be able to withstand that will, like withstand that pressure or temptation. So it's really important because your willpower is just another form. Like it's another muscle and it's one that you have to train. You have to strengthen. You always hear about like Joe Rogan and all these other people that are doing like ice baths and Wim Hof and talking about the power of cold water. Well, when they're doing that, they're strengthening their willpower. They're strengthening their ability to overcome crappy situations. All right. So this example, when you're looking at the cookies versus the radishes and they're, when they're having to ignore radishes, that's easy. Nobody wants to eat a radish. So that's simple. So the people that eat cookies, they go to do the puzzle and they're willing to work on the puzzle for 30 minutes, even if it's impossible because they're like, like, I'm just chilling here. I'm just having a good time. This is easy. Whereas the people that ate the radishes already had to, you know, strengthen or test, test their willpower to not eat cookies. And then when they're given another task, they're like, oh my gosh. And they just snap. So this happens all the time in like corporate America. You have a job, you don't like your job, you're getting hounded on by your boss, and then you go home and the smallest little thing just sets you off. I mean, we've all been there, we've all been kids with, you know, your parent come home from work and they just start yelling at you for no reason. You're like, hey, well, you know, I don't want to eat that for dinner, and they just snap on you. Well, that's because they probably can get beat up all day by their bosses, and now they don't want to come home and get beat up by their kid. And so same thing here is it's, it's one important so, to surround yourself with people that are going to be positive influences on you. So you don't feel like you're constantly all day trying to, you know, test your willpower. And two, it's important to put yourself outside of your comfort zone with, you know, cold showers or with working out or with trying to eat healthy, like doing these things that allow you to kind of test your resolve, because then over time you'll be even more equipped to fight off those other urges or, or be less likely to snap it when, you know, small little things happen. All right. Then the last thing that I thought was just super interesting was they were talking about Hey Ya by, I think, was that Outcast that sang that, if I remember correctly. And when that song came out, they thought for sure it was going to be a hit, like a number one hit. And then they would put it on the radio and everyone hated it on the radio. And the reason being is because it sounded nothing like the other songs that were on the, the radio station. So songs that people maybe didn't necessarily love or, or, or weren't super into, would people would never change the station. Whereas Hey Ya, which I think is a banger nowadays, but back then when it first came out, it didn't sound like anything else on the radio station. So people would hear it and be like, ugh, this thing sucks. So what the radio station started to do is they started to put what are called sticky songs. So sticky songs are songs that are not necessarily really great songs that people love. 
They're just songs that sound really familiar. You ever notice when you're like driving down the road, especially like back in the day, not as much with with like Spotify and stuff, but even with Spotify, you're listening to music on Spotify or Pandora and songs come on. You're listening to it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is my favorite song. And then before you know, it, you're just kind of like zoned out driving and you're listening and you're like, wait, why am I listening to like this random Maroon 5 song from whenever ago? I don't even really like this song, but then you're just like, yeah, whatever. Well, that's a sticky song. Those songs sound familiar to other songs that have been played before that you really like that just sound good, sound clean, and or just sound familiar. So <clears throat> what they did to make Hey Ya a hit is instead of just playing it randomly, they would put other songs that sounded sort of like Hey Ya, but they would put them in between two songs that are super sticky that people always love. So then when they started to hear Hey Ya, they would associate it with other songs on the radio station that sound very similar to it. So I thought that was very interesting. So what I'm going to do actually with this podcast, I I haven't promoted this thing at all, but eventually I'm going to start to promote it. And when I do, I'm going to start making shorts is my plan. I'm going to make a little like YouTube and Instagram, TikTok shorts. And what I'll do is I plan to put like a Joe Rogan clip or uh, a clip of Barstool Sports or a clip of some big podcast and put it for like a five second clip or you know, a three second clip of them talking about something random. Then it's going to cut to me talking, Hey, I, you know, I don't agree with that or, or something that kind of builds off of the topic that they're talking about and explain my point of view and then end it with another clip of, you know, Joe Rogan, Barstool, you know, whoever, you know, NPR, whatever it is, because they will then people will just subconsciously start to associate me alongside of some big big time podcaster and my hope is that it'll then make people think like oh this is cool he kind of talks similar sounds kind of similar whatever to this person that i already know i'm going to associate him with yeah i heard him like he was talking about something with npr the other day let me just check him out so that's going to be my kind of little trick all right to try and grow this thing once i want to start promoting it that is one of the tricks that i'm going to have so now so they all in all, that's my my review of the Power of Habits. Very good book. Highly recommend. It was just a, it was a good read all in all. And remember, cue, routine, reward. Let's get it. Now, on to the last segment of the show, which is the mailbag. Typically, in the mailbag, I answer your all's questions. Typically, I also take a little bit of time to reach out to people or post something on my Instagram or just find questions that people asked me in the past or look through the reviews or the comments and answer people's questions. Today, since I'm recording this now, it's freaking 6.45 at night. I am just going to answer ChatGPT questions. So let's see what ChatGPT wants to ask me today. Here we go. What should we ask ChatGPT? Let's have ChatGPT ask me, hmm, what? Uh, let's see. Hey, Chat. GPT, ask me three questions about, mm, what do we want to talk about today, y'all? Let's talk about habits. Ask me three questions about how to overcome a bad habit. Let's see if I can put the Power of Habits book into real life scenario of ChatGPT asking me a question. So here we go. I'm going to take this microphone off. It's actually, I won't take it off its stand, but I'm going to just go like this. I'm going to have chat GPT. Chat GPT itself is going to ask me a question about habits right now. Here you go. Here we go, everybody. Let's see how it goes. 
What are some effective strategies you've used to identify the underlying causes of your bad habit? And how have you worked to address these root causes in order to overcome the habit? All right, ChatGPT, firing off some very tough questions. <laughs> so strategies to identify some underlying bad habits of mine. So let's just go back to the eating junk food. Me eating junk food, I would say it was a bad habit. How do I identify it was a bad habit? Well, I used to run cross country, so I used to be ripped and I'm no longer ripped. And so when I look in the mirror, I'd be like, yo, what the F happened to me? Or I'd get on the scale and I'd be like, yo, what the F happened to me? So that's how I identified the problem is, and, and also like, cause no one's ever coming to me like, man, you're not looking good, you're not looking good. Well, I'm also always wearing clothes when I'm seeing those people. So when I get out of the shower, I'm looking at myself, I'm like, yo, this is not the shredded Chris that I used to be. So that's how I identified that I had a problem of just not being in shape, as, as good of shape as I wanted to. So now, how did I work towards addressing the root causes of those bad habits or that bad habit of eating bad? Well, the way that I, that I identified it is, well, let me just see what I'm doing. I'm, I'm working out. Actually, yeah, I'm working out semi a decent amount. So it can't be working out. I'm working out enough. All right. So then it was, all right, well, there's really only one other thing that it could be. Am I... Am I consuming bad calories? And that was pretty easy to identify pretty quickly that, yes, actually I was. I was eating a lot of junk food, and I was drinking soda, and I was drinking sweet tea all the time. So that's how I identified it. How I overcame it? Well, going back to the you know Q routine reward is now I realize when I'm just sitting there bored craving food. Like, I'm not going to cut out sweets entirely. Like, it doesn't make sense. But it does make sense to be like, it's whatever seven o'clock on a Monday. I don't need to just eat junk food, just eat junk food just because I'm bored. Typically I was just eating food because I was quite literally bored. And so instead of eating food, I would call a friend or I'd go for a quick, you know, walk or go play. Actually, one of the things that I've been doing is and try my cat loves it is when I am like a kind of craving that I want food, I'm bored. I don't know what to do. Well, I just go and grab like a little like wand thing and I just start playing with my cat. And it, it's a blast. It's hilarious. He's like just sprinting all around the house trying to attack this little thing, the little wand. And I no longer am craving food. So it's a win-win. All right. Great question, ChatGPT. Let's do another one. Here we go, everybody. What role does motivation play in breaking a bad habit? And what are some ways you've found to stay motivated and focused on your goals even when facing setbacks or challenges? What another doozy of a question. All right. So what roles does motivation play in breaking a bad habit? I think motivation is very important. I think motivation for some people maybe is too important. For other people, I think they they maybe don't don't realize, like, you know, I, I listen to a lot of sports podcasts and whatnot, and they're talking about, like, the analytics community. Blah, blah, blah. We, I, I think analytics folks maybe don't even believe that motivation is a real thing. I think motivation is a very real thing. So whenever I'm on Instagram and, you know, the little bit of time I spend on Instagram and YouTube, I will be always – I always like to save motivational quotes. I'll actually sometimes, like, like save them. If it's on Instagram, I'll save them. Or if it's on YouTube, I'll add it to, like, a playlist or something. And – Whenever, I'll just go back and look at them. I think they're fun. I'll also send them to buddies. So I think motivation is super important. Another thing that I try and do, online at least, is I try and only, like on social media at least, like try and send like positive vibes only, man. I'm like all about just like let's all do our best. So whenever somebody posts something on their story that's like cool or I think it's badass or they're like trying to start a business, they're trying to – they just bought their first house – they just got a new job. They just had a baby. They're getting married. Well, like whatever it is, if it's if they're sharing something that's positive to them, 
I'll just send a quick little like fire emoji or you know strongman emoji or whatever. Just because if I'm sending out that motivation, that positive energy, well, guess what? When I post something cool or exciting and inspirational, all these people are then flooding back at me, giving me positive energy. I'm like, yo, this is sick. Like we're all out here grinding together. So I, I like to give out that that motivation, and then in return, I will get it back. Now I think that's also super important when it comes to breaking a a bad habit is that if you can't stay motivated, can't stay focused, then it's going to be hard for you to overcome it. I think that goes back to also being able to build up that willpower. If I said, hey, man, I need to start eating healthy. I need to start working out. I need to start, I don't know, uh, I need to stop you know, going out and wasting all my money, going out to restaurants and bars. Uh, I need to stop you know, buying you know, new clothes. I need to you know, remember to call my parents once a week. I need to, you know, put more money into the stock market. If I'm trying to do like 8 million things all at once, I'm not going to do it. Back to like the willpower thing. Like we need to do one thing at a time. So let's first for me, I'm focused on just not eating as much junk food. Like I'm just going to start focusing on, hey, if I'm just bored, I'm not eating food. That's not an excuse. All right. And so once I'm able to do that, well, then let's move on to, okay, I'm not going to go out to eat as much because I don't need to be wasting my money. Okay. Now I did that. All right. Now I'm going to work on, you know, making sure I'm calling my parents every week or whatever it is. So that is going to be kind of what I would say around like the motivation stance is, is it is important to be motivated. I also think it's important not to be overly ambitious sometimes because then you could kind of face those setbacks of, of maybe, maybe, uh, what would we call it? Relapsing, relapsing, uh, on trying to get your, your good habits. So I appreciate that one chat GPT. I think I did a terrible job of answering it. All right, next one. How do you deal with the cravings or urges that often arise when trying to break a bad habit? And what techniques or tools have you found helpful for managing these difficult moments? Jesus Christ, ChatGPT. All right, well, here we go. Another very tough question. Um, thank you again, ChatGPT, for your very uh, thoughtful questions that you came up with in about 0.5 seconds. How do I deal with cravings or urges that often arise when trying to break a bad habit? I mean, with those, I think it's just, I don't know, identifying when I have something that, that is a, I don't know, I'm doing a terrible job. If this is a job interview, ChatGPT would not hire me. Uh, <laughs> what savings or tools do you find helpful? So I would say, what do I find helpful? The community of people that are around me. So if I'm trying to break a bad habit, that goes back to, you know, the importance of, you know, put a, put a unhealthy fat dog in a, in a house full of ripped dogs. Guess what? Dogs can get in shape. I'm the dog. <laughs> Jeez. I'm gonna cut that out. Maybe I won't. Uh, no, but <laughs> so yeah, I guess that would be the importance of, of having good people in your corner is sometimes when I am, you know, slipping good thing. My fiance's a rock star. I'll hit her up and be like, yo, Christina, like, I want to eat junk food right now. She's like, don't do it. You're going to be fat. You got to get in shape for the wedding. Eat a bomb. Eat a bomb. All right, I'll, I'll do it. Or if, or I don't know, if I'm feeling lazy and, I'm, and I need to get some work done uh, and, and I just can't, you know, pick myself up to get the work done. It's Monday morning. I'm slacking. Well, I'll call one of my buddies and be like, yo, Kyle, give me some inspiration, you know, spit some knowledge on me. So I think it just goes back to having the community around you. But. Anyways, ChatGPT, I apologize for how terrible I did answering your mailbag questions. Maybe sometimes, ChatGPT, I will uh, invite you on the show, and I'll interview you. I think it'd be a blast. I would love to have you on. So anyways, I appreciate everyone's time. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the, maybe it's called The Secret Podcast, or the Chris's Secret Podcast. Might also be called the Chris Arslan Podcast. I haven't really decided yet what I'm going to name it, but please send me any recommendations you have for the name. Also, 
send me mailbag questions so I don't have to get stumped by ChatGPT again because that was embarrassing. And I uh, I appreciate every time, everyone's time. Jeez, I'm like stumbling through this whole thing. I appreciate everyone's time. Biggie Dice Band podcast coming soon. Financial Wolf podcast coming soon. Also, let me know some books I should read. Rate, comment, review, whatever it is. Till next time, let's all get passive income so we can do whatever the heck we want, whenever the heck we want. Peace.